The Rewindables, the one you take to bed with you. What we have here today is a Rocketeer helmet from the Disney movie The Rocketeer. This helmet is made of a slush cast resin and has an aged copper looking finish to it. There were several helmets made for the production for different purposes. There were a few helmets that were made oversized in order to fit over a regular helmet for safety purposes. As well, there were breakaway type helmets for stunt work. This particular helmet is a very nice clean design and not an oversized or breakaway type. The large fin on this helmet is separate and screwed into place. There are various chips and nicks on the helmet from screen use, but that also gives it quite a bit of character. During the movie, at some point when Neville Sinclair's bad guys were chasing and shooting at Cliff, his helmet was somehow grazed by a bullet. We see this damage on the helmet from the scene when he lands at Griffith Observatory through the rest of the film when he wears the helmet. There are several times during the scenes where you can clearly see the marks on the helmet. Of the various helmets made for production, we're not aware of another one with the bullet grazing marks on the left side, so this one could be unique. The bullet grazing mark goes up the left side of the helmet above the eye and follows through with a dent in the edge of the fin. Taking a look underneath the helmet, we can see there's quilted padding along with straps. If you'd like to learn more about the auction, just go to our website at screenuse.com and click on the auction tab. Here you can look at the auction catalog, download a copy, as well as click through to register for the auction. Clearly, turn this up. You gotta slow down, Chris. You gotta slow way down. Did you say your name is Jim or John? Well, it's both, actually. Um, teachers, when we're growing up, you know, they used to always say, hey, you can have this one. He's a real gem. Well, good morning from Calcutta. You get the slow way down. Full black. Women, ain't they perfect? Not always. Yes, they are. They're perfect. Don't matter if they're skinny, fat, blonde, or blue. If a woman is willing to give you her love on it's the greatest gift in the world. Makes you tall, makes you smart, makes your teeth shine. Boy, oh boy, women are perfect. My choice for the vice presidency. Senator Dan If you're ever lonely watching television, your troubles may soon be over. That's because finally there's a TV that talks back to you. Kind of. Interactive TV doesn't really speak, but there is a whole lot more give and take than with your average tube. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. The Rewindables is back. Chris Wendelkin, Ben Craw, Christian Lynch. Guys, we are talking about the 1991 film, Joe Johnston's The Rocketeer. Last we talked, Cliff and Jenny were on a date and it didn't go so well. They're at the Bulldog Cafe. Cliff put his foot in his mouth a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Some things, oh, kind of blew some it. things were said. It's crammed, yep. it's crammed fully in his mouth at this point. Yeah. Jenny ran running off into the night and hopped on what looked like a school bus to go back home. And boy, oh boy, yeah, Cliff stepped in it. And uh, we, we moved from that scene into just the moments after that. Cliff going back home. To lick his wounds. Yeah. Yep. 
the postmortem, the post-date uh, recap. Yep. With uh, who we find out is uh, his roommate, because huh. the first shot of the scene is the uh, is the mailbox of sixteen thirty-five, yeah. uh, and it says A Peabody and C C Cord. Oh man, I missed that. Yeah. That's a great that's a great call. On ben. the side of the mailbox. So yep. he's not just like kind of, you know, shacking up with him. Like they're they're official roommate room, roommates. They're, you know, they're, they're uh both their names are on the lease, I'm guessing. Um <laughs> and honestly, and- let's let's just take a, a hot second to say Peavy's house is sick. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, this house is a gorgeous craftsman home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the kind of place most would aspire to live. And- We're all aspiring to Peavy's uh, house. Would kill yeah. for a porch like that. Would kill fucking yeah. quaint little porch with the light on. Yeah. in the living room, he le- he leaves the light on from, yep. and it's just like it's got a carport. It's got tucked a away. Carport on the side. Yeah, full driveway style. and carport. Little steps going up. You know, if if this, you know, Zillow 1920s, we're looking at a house that's $300 and change. In Los Angeles now, this house is worth $1.7 million easily. Yeah. Maybe maybe we're looking at a two-mill house. So, you know, Mm. PV, if uh, Cliff and PV can just hold on... Yes, their money troubles <laughs> yeah. at the moment are not great, but it's a good investment. Uh, full, They're going to make a killing, killing in the real estate full, game. Oh my god, yeah. full cash! I mean, assuming they case. assuming they own it, we don't know. You know, it could it's be, true. Could be a lease. Could be a it's lease. true. This it's could be Bigelow. Seems probably like a owns like a, like a homeowner though. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I know. Yeah. Bigelow probably owns seems... it and lords it over them, being like, "Ah, oh, you fellas need <sighs> to get your rent in too." But I'm just saying, this house is lovely um, and yeah. good for these boys. Yeah. Hey, Christian, do you know what neighborhood? they live in you know like, that's a great you, question you, this do you have um, your finger on the pulse of yeah uh, we don't have a street what, what name <laughs> we just have no, a number, no street right? name we, this is in the darkness i'm not seeing enough plants to potentially put it into a neighborhood <laughs> it's got it's got a very uh pasadena vibe but that would be too far away from bigelow's field honestly he he probably lives it's got to be encino this these boys are living in encino in um it just feels like why would they be too far away? And Sino maybe Canuga Park, maybe or yeah. maybe they're in yeah. the Sepulveda yeah. Basin as we've come to learn. But yes, anyways, I just wanted to say, give a shout out. Good for you boys. You might be, um, you know, starving. Your your probably your refrigerator is filled with nothing but mustard because it's two men living together. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Do you have a second? You know, we like absolutely adore you, right? You're like one of the best roommates we've ever had. Which is why this is so hard for us to say. So hard. But the hair in the shower drain is unacceptable. I thought it was a possum. He did. If you don't clean this ASAP. We will have to call animal control. So Cliff pulls into the driveway with his his truck, and then we cut inside, and PV is working on what I thought would appear to be, I just assumed, was the rocket pack. And he asks Cliff, who walks in, you know, did you have a good time? Well, you have a good time? Yeah. Go ahead and stick that welding torch in my ear. We'll call it the end of a perfect day. And clearly, Cliff, you know, he's very miffed. He quips. Cliff is uh, miffed, and he quips. <laughs> yeah, and he quips. He quips. He, he goes, yeah, 
go ahead and stick that welding torch in my ear and we'll call it the end of the, of a perfect day. Mm. Finish him. Oh, Yikes. Just, uh, yeah, Cliff, Cliff's at a low point. Uh, yet I gotta say, despite the fact that he has really just, you know, lost all his, all his juice, all his riz, he's, he's, he's feeling, feeling adrift out there. He's still the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, let, let's get uh, a hair check here. Uh, how oh, we feel I, about yeah. <laughs> a whole vibe a, check? We, we need to do a quick I, I want a hair check. You know, I want. Uh, we got to talk about how Cliff spins the chair uh, around the and does the reverse chair sit. sit. I, I was, was like, I was wondering if you guys caught that. Ben Cross wet dream. <laughs> yeah, I literally yeah. am staring at a still screen grab that I put into my uh, Google Doc of notes. So the legs are spread aside the backrest and the forearms may potentially be atop of the chair. Now, are the forearms crossed or are they direct or any alternates? That's for you to have a look at, but the bottom line is they're straddling the chair, okay? <clears throat> My apologies. So, initially, personally, I thought this was a pretty cool thing. Uh, I didn't really do it personally, but I'd see other people doing this pose and I'd think... They look pretty cool doing that, you know. I thought it was like a cool guy pose, sort of like an anti-system, anti-authority. I'm going to sit backwards on this chair. (laughs) So my younger self actually thought this was quite cool. Now, the reality is quite the opposite, all right? So it's not that cool. Uh, What it is is it's actually a very defensive, very insecure way of communicating and sitting on a chair and i say that purely because they're using the chair as a shield and there's a way of blocking the body so i've done a video on body blocking and what that means this is textbook body blocking so the chest the genitals the stomach all concealed and hidden behind the chair all right so that means they're very fearful they're actually threatened they may look cool but they're threatened uh, by what's ahead of them or what's in their mind or so on and so forth it's not necessarily what's in their mind because this is you lo- you won't see somebody do this by choice by themselves perhaps you're going to see it in like a social area such as in a school uh, such as in an office such as in anywhere where people do communicate while sitting on chairs all right like a meeting of sorts so on and so forth um, in all honesty we do see this quite regular but i'd be very surprised if any form of professional person would sit like this purely due to you know just just due to the degree of how bold and overt it is um, but maybe you do see it in a professional environment. So it hides the ventral side of the body and the genitals. As we know, we started to walk upright uh, in our evolutionary process. Our torso became very vital to our existence purely because now our internal organs were on show. So now we have to cover that up, right? So subconsciously, we will do so through a variety of means, such as sitting on a chair like this, right? So it's also... On parallel to the, uh, you know, the uh, fearful aspect, it's also actually quite aggressive and a little bit territorial. And why we would approach that is because the legs are spread. So you might not be able to see the genitals, but there's sort of like a half-assed sort of, you know, I'm scared, but I still want to try it on and appear dominant. 
aspect to this behavior because there is an exposure of the genitals in the actual physiological aspect of things the legs are spread taking up more space than they should do if they were just sitting on the chair normally so they're actually expanding and taking up more space which is territorial behavior and the exposure of the genitals can be deemed as you know somewhat aggressive if that chair wasn't in the way that would be a power display uh, but considering the chair is there, it's sort of like the person is in conflict as to what they really want to get across. Look how hot this guy and how cool this guy is and how cool his hair is. Uh, I'm looking at the, you know, the round in the uh, 2940 mark. Um, <laughs> this podcast has always functioned as therapy yes. for yeah. Ben. Yeah. And we are... We are really getting Freudian. And, and right? I, I, it's, it's important after the Jenny episode where, you know, we were very um, descriptive of like her introduction, which may have, uh, you know, teetered towards, um, you know, like I didn't want to like say that uh, we were not trying to be lecherous, but we were just trying to explain. But just yeah, to be we clear. We don't objectify. No, if anyone's getting objectified it's here, be it's, Cliff. it's about to be Cliff. <laughs> it's Cliff. Yeah, Cliff it's, is it's about Ben to- Craw objectifying cliff and treating him like a piece of meat yes. no so it's it's about, about more the, than just the, the surface level uh as i've tried to explain you know in, in the spirit of dave stevens it's it's about the essence the soul uh and yes the surface is is part of that essence and soul um and it has to be noted if again if we're if we are producing a truly honest and uh candid and truthful to ourselves and to our audience uh, podcast. Um, you know, these are the, the issues that we have to touch on. Hey guys, it's Chris. I want to take a quick break here to remind you that The Rewindables is now on Patreon. If you love what we do and love what we make and you want to help us keep this podcast independent and ad-free, obviously it's just a labor of love for all of us. You can help us out by going over to patreon.com slash the rewindables, patreon.com slash the rewindables. There are three different tiers of membership, each with different perks. It's the simplest and easiest way to support all the movie deep dive podcasts that we create. Becoming a Patreon gets you all sorts of perks with bonus podcasts and content about the Rocketeer. And I was sitting there eating a cupcake and I look up and I was like, is that Rosebud from Citizen Kane? And yes, it was. Office, he just has Rosebud. <laughs> you also get access to Swish FM Plus, which is the irreverent basketball deep dive podcast that I do with Ben. So if you're in a position to help, head over there. It's greatly felt and appreciated. Patreon.com slash the rewindables. You sign up, you'll get a private podcast feed where all the bonus content with the uh, free episodes will be delivered every week. Patreon.com slash the rewindables. Now back to the show. Cliff is, you know, he may be licking his wounds on the inside, but he's looking like a winner on the outside. Uh, the hair is is on point. Um, he's, you know, still dressed in his uh, in his, you know, JFK uh, style, uh, you know, V-neck sweater, um, and he uh, swings that chair around and plops down on it like the uh, coolest kid in school. But uh, yeah, he's he's really kind of um, feeling some some insecurity and some doubt. Um, yep. About, Meanwhile, uh, PV is taking his work home. This guy is like yeah, the way that PV's Ben grinding. feels about Cliff. I'm kind of like as I'm watching this movie, being like, "Oh my god, was like PV the guy I was into growing up?" Because like everything PV <laughs> does is so me. Like there's like this hunk having girl problems, and he's just like 
literally like yeah. hacksawing he's like, a toaster or a radio. Yeah, he's like, money doesn't sleep, fellas. Yeah, yeah. and he's just like <laughs> doing his own little weird passion projects at all hours of the night. So, and look, from hair to unkempt look to no style, Peavy's my boy. I just want to give yeah, yeah. The, the peeves of the world um, yeah, unite. If you squint, you can kind of almost, you can just sort of imagine Peavy in a janitor's coveralls <laughs> with the yep. mop yep. and the mustache. And that is Christian. Yeah, that is, it just you is. are Peavy is Christian. I'm a Christian peeve. is Peavy. You know, like everyone's been going gaga for like Barbie Kennergy, but I got Peavergy. I'm just like all about that Peavy. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Wow. I've just got, I'm just oozing peevergy. Um, and, <laughs> okay. and I will say that I love this living situation. And I literally wrote like a string of like peeve and Cliff living. I have a lot of thoughts yeah, on the peeve, living situation. Peeve, peeve yeah. and Cliff living together to me is such a sitcom waiting to happen. Um, and I wrote down a bunch of like television th- theme songs that I feel encapsulate their dynamic because you got like cliff is the cool boy who's kind of that the jfk look and he's living with the old the old kind of father dad figure so like the first ones that kind of hit for me and i want to ask you guys like what sitcom does this most feel like to you uh a little bit of odd couple i was feeling a little odd couple here sure sure i got i got perfect strangers It wasn't easy for you to pack up and come to America. You found me, you found a job, you found a place to live. That was tough. And you're not a quitter. You know why? I give up, Clay. <laughs> Perfect Strangers was on my list. Bingo. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just two, yeah. two odd guys that have somehow ended up together in the big city. Uh, that Perfect Strangers was Chicago, but we are in Los Angeles. I also, <laughs> I put Entourage. Entourage, where you know, sure. oh yeah, trying to work around, you know, uh, Cliff's career in LA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just the idea of like, you know, you just live with your boys. Like, there's no, there's no need for you guys to have, you know, separate uh, houses or apartments. Like, if you, if you, if you got someone that close, you know, like their family, like just, just shack up with them. You know, there's yep. no, no, nothing wrong with that. Uh, and just my, put it all my, under my, one roof. Deep cut. Pick. I mean, it kind of has some like with honors vibes, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one boy, uh, like all the boys under one roof. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But I just sure. feel like uh, this dynamic just oozes sitcom waiting to happen. You got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, it's just perfectly crafted that uh, these two fellas are an odd couple living together and making it work in 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to that, to that end, that real like odd couple energy, Christian. So. PV asks Cliff, what, what what are you two scrapping about this time? You're scrapping about this time. And it just, in this moment, like really, when I heard it, rewatching it, it just really makes sense because like we were talking about last, last time, Cliff and Jenny are just 
constantly on the rocks. And yeah. when when Cliff says uh, when um, PV says that, I'm like, right. This is sort of this is the sort of thing that's always happening. Yeah, Cliff this is, is nothing always new coming for them. home, yeah. complaining about his date, complaining about his girlfriend being terrible or whatever. And the truth is, the more I watch it, the more I realize that Cliff is this wildly problematic guy. And as we have talked about, Jenny is a saint. Yeah, literally, this whole argument came about because Cliff wasn't being forthcoming about getting into a near life-ending plane crash with his and with his girlfriend and then he was mocking her acting career so i don't know i i just thought like ben what would jordan peterson be saying <laughs> oh, about this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we won't honestly discuss in our society one of many is the fundamental nature of female political psychopathology there's male political psychopathology obviously that's what the feminists complain about all the time when they talk about the oppressive patriarchy you know toxic masculinity there's no shortage of toxic masculinity. So is there any toxic femininity? Well, not if the feminine is just the, you know, oppressed virgin goddess whose nature. But how about we don't live in that fantasy world? Uh, cute, cute yeah. clip uh, that makes people think we're pro Jordan Peterson, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah if only he had uh, Jordan Peterson in his life as a, <laughs> as a role model. But I would yeah. say he has someone even better uh, than Jordan Peterson, if that's possible. Um because he has PV, and PV is really just the ultimate wise, loving father figure. Um, yeah. And that is never more evident than in this exchange uh, where... It really is like a dad living with his son. Yes. That's the thing, Christian, about that sitcom dynamic that you're talking about. It's not... It's weird because, like, on the surface, it is like two buddies, like two college-aged buddies who are like, you know figuring it out but it really is father and son big time big time father son um you know that dynamic q cat stevens <laughs> father and son yeah then uh, sorry to cut you off and the cats in the cradle and the yeah. silver spoon oh, father and son it won't, won't be a dry eye in the podcast after oh my God. To those lyrics my friend uh, yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna do cats in the cradle and then overlay that with some jordan peterson <laughs> it's gonna be great I oh not, not cats in the cradle yeah, yeah. it's father and son <laughs> cat stevens father and son yeah. if you want to speaking okay. of a right. ben crow wet dream yeah uh ben ben sorry I, I cut you off you were saying oh no i was just gonna get into to uh this this little uh exchange that they have here so you know cliff comes in and uh you know, says, I just can't figure this girl out. She hangs around with this Hollywood crowd all day, talking about movie stars and nightclubs. What are you scrapping about this time? I don't know, Peeve. I just can't figure this girl out. I mean, she hangs around with this Hollywood crowd all day, talking about movie stars and nightclubs. So what? That's her work. She don't care about them phony baloney. She cares about you. But I wanted to think I'm making something of myself, Peeve. Not that I'm just an out-of-work pilot with holes in his pockets. You got a good thing going on with that girl, Clifford. But if she flies a coop, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be your fault. Again, because she, she, by the way, she didn't, she wasn't talking about nightclubs. She merely suggested in the most polite and like gentle way possible that maybe at one, at some point in their relationship, they could, you know, dine at an establishment other than uh, the one that is shaped like a bulldog. Uh, and then Cliff is like, oh, what do you mean? The Celsius Club? Uh, because he's an insecure child. Um, but PV, in all his wisdom and 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 fatherly, uh, you know, t- tenderness says, so what? 
That's her work. She don't care about them phony balonies. She cares about you. Which, my God, what a just incredibly beautiful and uh, uplifting uh, thing to say to someone. Um, and uh, I just love how, you know, PV, care, like how much he cares and how much he's trying to, you know, get Cliff out of his rut. Um, and, and we credit should... to Arkin here. Ar- Arkin is doing some, again, I think like Alan Arkin uh, is one of our greatest uh, actors and oh yeah, his subtlety it. of how he plays these characters is so earnest. Like his advice ultimately is like, you got a good thing going with that girl Clifford, but if she flies the coop, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be your fault. But yes. he says that in such a like a non-judgmental way that he's not mm-hmm. like, and again, like that's just accredited the line reading, but also just like how he embodies PV is such a he's kind of the moral compass of this whole movie. Like at any at any moment, PV is the one that's kind of saying like, "It's wrong to do this. It's right to do this." Like the other characters have their own. Like Cliff has his own moral code throughout this uh, this film about justice and virtue. But like PV is the actual core here about like, you know, you got a good thing going with her, but if she flies the coop, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be your fault. And I think that's mm-hmm. like. Um, such great advice because Cliff is blowing it. He's he's his insecurity is eating him alive and eating his relationship alive, and that that is clear at this point. Yeah, I mean Cliff Cliff's at rock bottom. Like he's he's just like like I said, he's just lost all his juice. And we should remember that not only did he you know just have this fight with his girlfriend, but that came right after. So not only is he you know in that diner scene or at the Bulldog Cafe, uh, um, you know he's he's I think one source of his insecurity is comparing himself to to Jenny and her world and her career, Um, but also to the movie that they just watched that night and comparing himself to Neville Sinclair, um, who, as we know, is, you know, one one of the hottest, uh, you know, box office stars in the country. And um, not only is he, you know, looking amazing on screen, but he know Cliff knows that um, Jenny's actually working with him. And so that must just be incredibly, uh, you know, destabilizing and, and, uh, and, and nerve wracking to, to try to, you know, when you're already struggling Compete against, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and already at kind of a, a low point in his career, he's, he's again, measuring himself against this, you know, idealized version of like the Hollywood, you know, hunk. It's also a representation on screen of a pilot. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, 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 it's not just that. That's she's, true. Yeah. It's not just that she's, he flies acting planes in the with movie any old, yeah. it's not just that she's acting Great with point. any old person. It's act, that she's acting with a movie star who's this handsome, dashing guy yeah. who's playing the part of a heroic, successful fighter pilot yeah. when he is the embodiment of a failed yeah. pilot. Yeah, yeah. a total a failure, loser. a laughing stock. He's yeah. one and step away from dressing as a clown in as Bigelow's <laughs> trying yeah. to get him back in yeah. the clown act. Yeah, and he couldn't be Bigelow has a clown king. From yes, that yeah. level and that status, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's so, like, I don't want to get 
political. Like I don't, I don't find we don't believe in politics here. Uh, <laughs> I don't find it. I just don't find it that interesting. But it is really funny to me. He uh, when he when he's complaining about Jenny, he goes, you know, she hangs out with this Hollywood crowd all day, all day talking about movie stars and nightclubs. And these are like truly the talking points of today's conservative party. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. I don't it's think it's not it's real stretch. America. Yeah, yeah, it's not a stretch to say that. Like, I feel like Cliff today would probably be like a Joe Rogan listener. You know, like, he's <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> and I say that no, but I say that yeah, well, I say that first Jordan right. Peterson now. Joe I say Rogan. that without judgment. <laughs> no, I say that without judgment or cynicism because I think Cliff is just really like a very insecure I mean, yeah. young man. He's, 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 just, angry, he's, just he's an for... angry male. Uh, Which is what a lot of like those Rogan listeners are. Yeah, of course. He feels the world owes him something that he hasn't received. And like his head is so far up his ass about how to attain this thing that he blames everyone around him for his own failure. Yeah, yeah he's and totally I get it. Oh, yeah, a Joe like Rogan he, listener. <laughs> you got it. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, like forgetting even like the, the Trump of it all. Like I just think like he would probably be like, yeah, like a Joe Rogan guy. Just still not buying the moon landing. Really looking forward to Sober October this year. Best running partner right here. We should try DMT. 20 minutes a day, bro. Just gotta get your ass kicked. I'm Amazon priming some kettlebells. Heat shock protein. Never understood the whole vegan thing. I think Elon Musk might be an alien. We should try DMT. I kind of like MMA now. Can you buy elk meat online? He's so green. Alex Jones is crazy, but he makes some valid points. We're all just monkeys, bro. DMT is like a chemical doorway to another dimension. It's a mind-cleansing run. I want that. I was thinking about going bow hunting this weekend. DMT. Dr. Rhonda Patrick's a low-key babe. Nature. Fuck. Elk. Huh. Mushrooms are the cure to everything. He's feeling kind of funky today. He says he doesn't want Jenny to think of him as, you know, this, like... He, he, he says, like, yeah, he doesn't want Jenny to... to to just think of him as like a an out of work pilot with holes in his pocket, and like I like we can all relate to that. I like mean, he's we all projecting. Want... He's projecting all his insecurities. I mean, I think the, the... but I think that's so human. Like we all want our family and friends and significant others to have a high opinion of us. Yeah, and and, and we want we want people around us to think that we're doing well and we're successful. And I, it's easy to like hate on Cliff or to like make fun of him or to make him the butt of the joke, but he's sensitive he's just like a sensitive guy and it comes off as sort of like pig-headed and and crass and insensitive but like yeah no he's just deeply insecure and that's the natural result of of living you know in precarious circumstances and you know not having a stable you know uh sustainable job and and you know just kind of having like that sense of insecurity and uncertainty in your life like that's naturally like that's why, like, people like Joe Rogan and Donald Trump, like, have so much purchases because there are so many people like that who are just kind of lost and looking for, you know, someone to tell them, like, it's not your fault and, like, these are the real enemies and blah, blah, blah. And obviously, like, right. uh, you know, crass, cynical uh, people in power who take advantage uh, of that, um, you know, are uh, disgusting monsters. But it's very understandable the people who are susceptible to that kind of thing and, Cliff is a perfect example of that kind of person who's just like, yeah, he's just trying to trying to do the best he can in a very unforgiving and difficult world, you know? I've also heard, yeah. and, you know, we'll talk, I think the bonus pod deserves its own uh, episode because Cliff is, at the end of the day, Cliff Secord is Dave Stevens, the creator right. of The Rocketeer. It is his own And id. we have no idea how he would caucus in Iowa. That's yeah. the, <laughs> well, the bottom line. <laughs> everything I've read about Dave Stevens and like everything, uh, his comics 
really portrays this guy was a deeply insecure individual who had a lot of these problems with women in his own life. They loved him, but he could never see it and felt like he didn't deserve them. In his career, too. He was never, like, a super successful, like, always struggling, scrapping, trying to find... Like, something like like five different places that he was, you know, working at and trying to to produce work at went out of business, like, as he was producing The Rocketeer in the 80s. It's an awful business. Like, a horrible... Like, he was an independent, like, never had, like, a, you know, full-time, you know, (laughs) multi-year salary job you know, like just always scrapping and grinding. And, you know, his art is incredible, but he did himself no favors by really being only interested in this very specific project that took him forever. So like he, it's interesting how much Cliff's uh, arc mirrors Dave Stevens as well, because it really was about this guy who kind of resented the system and everyone around him, but it was his own behavioral issues that was causing Mm -hmm. all his pain. That sort of got in the way. And he was chasing a, you know, maybe unrealistic dream, but he was, it was something that he... And that's what art is, you know? Art, I think art at its finest, uh, it's not always the most lucrative. And that's, I think a lot of people need to realize that, is that, uh, you know, (laughs) it's okay to just strive and dream, which is what Cliff is doing with his his piloting. He's dreaming. Totally. He's dreaming of, of of turning this craft into his uh you know becoming heroic and, and a living a living yeah but but the weird irony is that he's dating a woman who is struggling in her own yeah way. also like, chasing like a that, dream right that, jenny's not a, a major success no yeah that's the thing that i feel like cliff fails to see yeah. and that's where his sort of like ego and chauvinistic pig-headed you know instincts get in the way is that like if he could just open his eyes he could see that like he's dating someone that's just as poor as he yeah, is yeah in the exact yeah. same who's boat struggling the same dream. just as much who is in a system that's i would say even more rigged than the business that you know he's trying to make it in like yeah. when we we'll talk about it later but like when we cut and see her on the film set it's like right she can't get a part because the part that she was trying to get which was one line went to the producer's niece yeah, yeah. Like it's so she, she yeah so like she's like trapped in a she's trapped in the world of chasing dreams in this like equally rigged difficult system that that Cliff is in. But so. I I do there was a uh, someone gave me a uh, kind of boiled down relationship advice to something that was so simple and maybe it's overly simplistic but I think there's a truth to it, which is they kind of describe relationships as being about having moments where you are a gardener or a flower, uh, like a flower needs a gardener to tend to it from time to time. Uh, so somebody in the relationship has to always be willing to like, you know, the the, be beauti- the, the beautiful flower can only be a beautiful flower if it, it is tended to. Uh, two gardeners can be together because they're always willing to put in the work. A flower and a gardener can be together, but two flowers together is two dead mm. flowers. And w- what we're looking at with Cliff and, um, you know, Jenny are, we got two flowers here. She wants to be an actress, which is very much the, she's definitely far more the gardener. And that is like what's killing her is that she's forced to be the gardener constantly to Cliff, who yeah. is a hot shot jockey she's pilot. Putting her who work well, she's putting the work in and he refuses to tend to the relationship for her. And that's why this relationship doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. Cliff mm. refuses to actually put in the work. And that's what Jenny's yeah. calling him out on. And that's what PV right here is like, yeah. it's your and, fault, you idiot. It's yeah. going to be yeah. your fault because you're not 
putting in any of the effort required to like we got to dissect this, this relationship. We got to dissect this this line of PVs here. So Ben, when he goes, you got a good thing going with this girl Clifford. You got a good thing going on with that girl Clifford. But if she flies the coop, I'm telling you right now. It's going to be your fault. But if she flies the coop, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be your fault. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. It feels like PV isn't just like spitting fire and truth, whatever. It really seems like he is speaking from experience. Yeah. Yep. I think that Laura is feels like spot on the mark. <laughs> what do you know about women, Peeve? You hadn't had a date since 1932. Flora Maxwell. There was no point in dating nobody after her. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Max. Feels like both feels like PV's learned a thing or two. Yeah, because Cliff, again, in classic typical Cliff fashion, instead of saying, Oh wow, you're right, Peeve, that's really mm-hmm. sage and uh, wise advice. Um, I'm gonna take a hard look in the mirror and, you know, uh reassess some things. He says, Ah, what do you know about women, Peeve? You haven't had a date since nineteen thirty two. Because, uh, yeah, as we know, Cliff is not so good at taking constructive criticism. Um, and then in a line that, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not, I, I haven't completely confirmed this, but I think I heard or read somewhere that this was completely ad-libbed by uh, Alan Arkin. Um, <laughs> or maybe he, like, you know, wrote the line in the script or whatever. Um, but when uh, when Cliff, you know, gives him that little, that little burn... Um, it, you know, you think it's just like a little like throwaway, like, you know, burn uh, by uh, by Cliff. But in fact, uh, uh, PV takes it completely, you know, sort of like sincerely and says in a very, you know, wistful, reflective way. Flora Maxwell. There was no point in dating nobody after her. Flora Maxwell. What no point in dating nobody after her. And you you sort of realize like just the the pain that that name uh the pain and the regret that that name i think brings up uh in in pv's eyes you can see it um, he's, he's like there's like tunnel vision happening he's seeing a whole relationship before his eyes yeah in the span of this three it's like seconds. this flashback reverie that he suddenly is struck by and it's yeah, yeah flora maxwell now, flora maxwell and you know as this is happening i think it's important to it, just acknowledge that something else is happening. Something else is being built <laughs> in this sequence. Mm. Peavy's working on something the whole mm-hmm. time. He's just cutting apart this radio or toaster, and and Cliff doesn't even notice, which speaks to how selfish no. she is. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Peavy's like, Peavy's hey, like fully yeah. in his own movie. He's, this is like one of the hilarious lines. I think this line is so funny. The way he, especially the way he says it, like under his breath, he's like Flora Maxwell was no point in dating anyone after her. And then the way like James Horner's music swells this beautiful orchestration. It's like pulling on the heartstrings. Yeah. Uh, it's just And it's uh, uh it's very much like, you know, dating in the 1938, older gentleman, not a lot of money, works basically with male mechanics all the time. You know, mm. PV's options are limited. Not a lot of females just uh coming coming by the hangar. Yeah, it's only Millie at the Bulldog, and basically that's it. That's his dating pool. It's Millie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. it, it, he only yes. goes to one place. You do not think Cliff is driving in. If it's the only place he's going is to another airfield with other scrappy dudes covered in oil. Like this guy is not his dating pool is it seems closed. It, it's very small. Yeah. So yes, memories and of so Flora Maxwell. Me- it is. 
the music is swelling here, and we see PV is literally alone. Like, spiritually, emotionally alone, but he's also physically alone. Because at this point, Cliff has gone to bed. And so PV is working alone into the night on this, again, what I assumed is the rocket pack. Making alterations. Maybe he's making alterations. I'll say this. He is going at this thing with a handsaw. And I am nervous. <laughs> He's got one hand holding the pack in place, and the other hand is sawing away. Yeah, sawing and metal, Alan Arkin, by the way, not wood. He is going to lose a finger if he's not careful. Oh, yeah. I'm just, he's swept up. He's lost in thought <laughs> with Flora God, Maxwell yeah. here. Yeah, and if he's not careful, he's going to. With, a, with yeah. a little, what is that, like a hacksaw? Is that what that's called? A hacksaw. The yep. next time a, Flora a sees a this guy, he's going to be missing his hand. metal surface with his hand inches away from the fucking blade of the saw yeah yeah not... and he's like in la la land he's <laughs> yeah. having dreams yeah. of flora and he's just hacking away hacking away you know and he could be running into uh uh the the rem- i remember one mad tv sketch actually always making me laugh which was kenny rogers like it was the the sketch of kenny rogers like doing various like tasks at home and he would constantly like saw off his fingers <laughs> It's my show. My ideas. I'm in control. Now, hold on a second. Got to ask myself something. Hey, Kenny, are you thirsty? Oh, yeah, Kenny. I sure am. (laughs) Okay, yo, my first celebrity friend we're going to plant is my good buddy, Clay. Run, and won't be surprised when my dog Dax gives him a special delivery. Special delivery oh. over Rhino Turd. <laughs> wow, I don't PB's, PB, that one. Oh, baby, the, get the clip. It's Kenny Rogers <laughs> on Mad TV. Will Sasso doing the bit where he was just always working on stuff and accidentally sawing off various parts of his hands uh, during it and trying to continue. PV's looking at that. Uh, he's working late into the night. He's already worked a full shift. This guy's got to be tired already. So. Oh, I yeah. avoid, I personally avoid hacksawing things at 10 p.m. I say, you know what, Christian, as much as you want to do this project tonight, wait till the morning. <laughs> Let's wait on the saw. Dude, I literally am working on projects now that I'm like, I could exacto knife this at 11 p.m., but I shouldn't because that <laughs> means I got to wake somebody up to go to the hospital PSA, and I cut kids. my finger off. Um, yeah, yep. So, yeah, but PV is dedicated to the craft and, uh, you know. He, he's doing this project and going to finish yeah. it, god damn it. So he's working through the night, and he dissolves from the sawing at the table into his living room, where he's sleeping, sitting up on the couch, and it, you know we transition to the next morning. We hear a rooster crowing. I love that there's a, a rooster, hot... by the way. Just like a uh-huh. little subtle reminder, like we're we're not in anywhere. We're in bumpkin territory, folks. Yeah, yes. we're out in yeah. the dang sticks. We're in you the don't country. get a house of that size at this salary in the 30s in the city. There's still That's Hollywood. Right. They yeah. are on the outskirts. So I have a take here. So we hear this rooster crowing, right? And as the rooster's crowing, PV's snoring on the couch. And who walks into the living room? In his robe, shirtless, well, but we, he's in a robe. It does not fit his body. Uh, I was huh? going to say, like, whose robe is this? This is okay. This robe. This is where I'm going. Okay. This, this is where I'm going. Seems like uh, an ill-fitting, an ill-fitting ladies' robe. It looks ladies like a ladies' robe. robe. Uh, Thank you. I okay. Think- so he walks. He walks huh. shirtless into the living room. It's Cliff Secord. And I'll be honest, fellas. 
I didn't, I didn't realize that these two were roommates. So like, Ben, you saw the initials on the, the mailbox, whatever. You understood, obviously, that these guys live together. Mm-hmm. And also just the sort of the vibe, the, 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 the spirit, the way that they talk. It seems like they're, they're roommates. Mm-hmm. I thought, I didn't realize they're roommates because this, this, this moment here gave me major booty call vibes. <laughs> to me, <laughs> com- completely out of context, completely out of context, this is the scene in the movie where Doug and Kate are in the hotel and Kate has had too much tequila and she was overserved and Doug was too much of a gentleman to take advantage of her. So he slept on the couch and she comes downstairs the next morning, you know, putting on her robe and she's all hungover. But um, you yeah, thought cutting I, edge I, wouldn't come into the Rocketeer conversation, folks. It here just we are. did. Here we are. I mean, come <laughs> on. Here we are. No, but like, yeah, just completely out of context. I was like, wait, who are these people? And how, like, what just happened here? What happened in this evening? Why is this guy putting on a bathrobe that doesn't seem like it belongs to him? I think it's Jenny's robe in his room. It's Jenny's robe. I think it's Jenny's robe, but I don't know. It's the sleeves are man's robe. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as, it's a hand me down man's robe and it does not fit him, (laughs) but. I don't you think know. it's ill-fitting. I think it's a little. I mean, that yeah, much as, chest, that much chest hanging out. It, there's a lot of chest being revealed. There I is think a lot of chest. Sort of maybe it's strategically. Just, oh, that's yeah, just a just, little a little treat for the audience. It's not like he for Ben. I mean, yeah. we didn't listen. We didn't. Okay. He didn't have to. Cliff is not ashamed of his body, nor should he be. Um, we, mm-hmm. you know, I I think it's it's a. Odd the way he ties the bathrobe around his waist, which you don't always do when you're wearing a bathrobe. Um, and so maybe the way he like ties it, obviously he's a very you know <laughs> fit and and trim individual. So he's got uh, you know like the way it ties kind of kind of bows the the lapels and the and the opening in the robe. Um, and Ben listen, hasn't even mentioned for my that money. I think he looks fine in the robe. I I have yeah. no complaints. No, no notes, complaints. Really. I mean, uh, I'm so, sure you don't whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and he he's not yeah. even looking. Why does that not surprise me in the least? <laughs> Ben's not even looking. I think at the if robe anything, it could be a little bit more open. But I'm okay. not greedy. I'm not <laughs> yeah, greedy. No, no. I I will take it. I, and I appreciate it. So yeah, Ben's too distracted by fan variant hairstyle three, yeah. which is a yeah. bedhead cliff. Bedhead. Mm. Bedhead yeah. cliff. <laughs> pa pa bed. Ben is on the set here, uh, flagging dry. down it's the hairstylist. Could bedhead. we give him a little more bedhead pomade? Yeah. Uh, just a just a tad more. Yeah. Anyway, so, so he comes uh, into the room, sauntering, yawning. He's had a pretty good night of sleep. Meanwhile, PV unconscious on a nearby couch. He's been working chair, all night, snoring away. And, and, lounger. and Cliff sees on the table that uh, something is hidden under a rag of some sort, yeah. a tan rag. So, this and, is the uh, thing that Peeve has what been Peeve was working on Cliff, all night. Yeah. Cliff was too selfish to even mention, and my God, we are now yeah. 31 minutes into the movie, and this uh, is it, guys. I, I will say that this movie, again, reveals things over the first 30 minutes that just build and build and build, and we have like the final incredible character reveal, which is yes. the official Rocketeer helmet, which looks so fucking cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, I have it in my notes. This is so fucking what was your, sick. What was your reaction, Chris? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, take us through your opinion of uh, this this helmet reveal for you. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I think it looks incredible. It's got these big block 
protective bug eye lenses, which I love. Aviator style, and sure. Yeah. Yeah, the way they the little the way they frame aviator. It. It's like upside down mm-hmm. aviator glasses. Yeah. We should just describe real quick, sorry to interrupt, but the way they they kind of introduce it and frame it. First we see the side profile kind of from like a wide shot as Cliff lifts this uh this piece of cloth um off of the helmet and we see him kind of pick it up you know, in his two hands and, and we see like the, the side profile of the, of the helmet and then it cuts to Cliff's perspective. So we see a very like perfect, clear, straight on, straight ahead shot of him holding it up in front of his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get a, a shot of the, the, the helmet itself. Mm. And so we get like a, the real details of these aviator, big bug-eyed aviator lenses and what I love the most, which are these little vertical slits yeah, for, as a mouth. The little hockey these, mask. The yeah, these, these little bars yep. that are the man's teeth. Um, and uh, yeah, it's almost like they're, they're prison bars or something for a mouth. These copper gold colored, uh, the, the, the helmet is this, this beautiful copper gold color. I mean, it's got more my, than that. We also have like beautifully designed, it all just looks so sleek and aerodynamic, which is yeah, why the, this yeah. is, works. It has like rivets around the, uh, eye, uh, you know, ports. And that mm-hmm. again speaks to the, the plain aerodynamic quality to it. It's got a beautiful long fin down the the middle the of the fin. helmet. Yeah, the fin, which has there's a glint of of like early morning sunlight reflecting yes. off the t- off the fin as Cliff you know brings the helmet up to his face and double vents double vents off the top like facing forward, which means Ugh. that like wind can whip through the helmet providing oxygen, which ladies natural and gentlemen, air conditioning. True so story. Sick. True story. I did uh, years ago make a Halloween costume in which I was like, I am going as the Rocketeer. So I <laughs> handcrafted out of like paper mache and cardboard and paint, built this mask uh, perfectly to scale to put on my helm on my head, and uh, I did not do what I think PV did, which is provide more oxygen ports into the helmet. Because oh, no. on okay. Halloween night, I was wandering <laughs> around suffocating. completely blind. Like people, I had no way to hear. Like it was basically, I needed a seeing eye dog to take me around that night. People were oh, like, good. incredible costume. But all I heard was like, just suffocating, sweltering. Suffocating, just like, just gasping for air anytime I took it off. I was. I was given real peeve energy underneath that that helmet. Wait, Christian, not, not so you, you you've shown Ben and I that the picture of that costume. Yes. Did you save it? Where where is where is the helmet now, gentlemen? I made one of the, oh, no. <laughs> the biggest mistakes. This is of a my stressful life. topic. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, I we had moved houses, and for what talk about a Flora Maxwell reason, situation? I I decided to give it up, and you know I gotta oh, say dear. this is actually exciting me because I want to build it better anew it's not enough just to build back folks it's time to build back better there I wanna, we like, go I, I definitely a functional like, this, a functioning this time around i kind of want to build hearing like, speaking yes, i want this thing yeah. f- with actual metal i want metal. to like hammer this in the night like <laughs> what me i don't know but i will say that i um your poor wife this, this design <laughs> definitely gives me like oh they thought about it like the top vents are actually to like allow air to pass through the helmet that's what those things are doing on the top. It's a, and the sides are all about aerodynamics. It's about 
you know, just like a car would be built to allow wind to whip around your, uh, you know, the body of the car. This is supposed to like, yeah, let this the is air like this is a places. Ferrari. This, yeah. is a this Ferrari. is a Ferrari or a speedboat. Like this thing is literally made for racing. Like and when I was a kid, racing. when I was a kid and I saw this, immediately it's like I want that helmet and that feeling. Yeah, how can you not? Never went away because it was so like, sick. They weren't selling this. This movie was not popular. So it was, was not sold in stores. So like me, little kid, wanting to be Cliff, wanting to be the Rocketeer, like I just dreamed about this until I was 33 and was like, I'm going to make it myself. And now at 38, I'm like, I must do it again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's one of the coolest. Uh, I think it's truly like from an iconography standpoint, it's just the visual of it is so retro cool. And it's such an iconic character mask. Like it, it truly is. Uh, you yeah, know. It's, it feels like it, it's existed forever. Like it, it feels yes. like, tr- like truly, like timeless. Like just this object that, like, couldn't have been created because it's just like so kind of perfect for what it is. That like, it just I can't imagine it n- not existing. You know, and, that's, and again, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Cliff's reaction to it is. He's got to be kidding. He's got to be kidding. So he's he's Which, too insecure to even admit that's the coolest thing ever. All I could think of is like this ingrate again, <laughs> yeah. Cliff. Basically, Cliff. the same this reaction man, he has to Jenny Blake, Jenny. Uh, the most perfect woman of all time, uh, like, to look this at this helmet man, and be like, "But this man, PV, like literally slaved through the night yeah. for you He's for your safety." On a bark lounger, mere feet away from you after for your safety, for your looking so goddamn cool. Yeah. This man, who by the way did not take advantage of you in your fragile state in the midst of the night, he slept on a couch, <laughs> gave you the bed, ladies and gentlemen. He allowed you to come down half naked in probably his bathrobe. <laughs> I'll say it. We don't deserve PV. Yeah, Cliff doesn't deserve PV. We don't deserve PV. Jenny's um, out of his and, league. PV's and, out of his league. Cliff, his helmet is out Cl- of his league. Yeah, Cliff just doesn't get it. No. He doesn't but, get it. But I also think handsome men don't get it in general. Yeah, like I exactly. think handsome he doesn't men need to bother. wander. Why, why, no, yeah. they just wander this world, being like not understanding like the the graces they get because they're just hunky. Yeah. And uh, Cliff is a, a himbo. Kind of like he's a himbo, he's an absolute right? himbo. Let's be honest, he doesn't have to do anything, he doesn't have to no. do any work. Uh, the world is his oyster because of how he looks. And <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe that's how, how it should be. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's a fuck, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm saying it now. I, I genuinely wonder if he wh- what his whereabouts would have been on January 6th. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. I mean, I mean, I just, I feel like this is, he just, you know. Yeah, I gotta say He though, would have been one of those guys that was like, lock her up. Yeah. You know, he would have been one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, uh, I gotta say, though, I kind of appreciate, uh, f- you know, f- for as infuriating and maddening as as Cliff's behavior is, I think it's actually like a brilliant touch on the movie's part to like they know how cool yeah. this helmet is to kind of undercut the moment with with that bit of humor and that bit of like self deprecation is perfect because I think if it tried to be this like triumphant glorious and you know we have like James Horner's score like swelling in the background as he pulls it up like the movies it's almost like kind of winking like we know this is the fucking shit and we don't have yes. to like beat you over the head with it so we're gonna undercut and kind of just like 
be a little cute about how Cliff doesn't see it. And that's actually also, way smarter it's, it's, and and, yeah. and and kind of more I don't know, like I, I think it it's works. Part a lot of Cliff's better. like it's part of Cliff's arc yeah. as well. Like basically the character of Cliff, his arc is one of like maturity. Yeah. Yes. We're seeing like over the course of the movie, we're seeing him go from someone who's wildly immature and struggling professionally to someone who sort of finds his footing, realizes his inner superpowers, saves the day, and sort of like learns to be actually like a good- a decent person. Gentleman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like a good gentleman and a good person. Who, who actually say appreciates that what he has in life. Yes. We've yeah. sung the praises of multiple actors now, but I don't think we've sung the praises of, of Bill Campbell, who plays yeah. Cliff Secord, who honestly plays this a little bit like, kind of to me, it has very much a puppy dog vibe. That like, Boy. It, Boy he's energy, a yeah. yeah, but he's like got like, I think the reason that all of Cliff's actions are pretty much like at this point, for the most part, you can't really defend his behavior. But the way that Bill Campbell plays Cliff Secord you can't hate the guy. He's just like too, mm-hmm. like there's something inher- inherently lovable about it. And I just liken that to like a puppy that like a, a puppy will crap on your carpet, but you're not. Yeah, it doesn't know any puppy. better. It doesn't know any better. It's just yeah. like, this is what a puppy does and the puppy needs to learn. And like, I think that's what makes Cliff Secord a redeeming character. And it really comes down to like the way Bill Campbell chose to play Cliff. He is not a repugnant, like we're kind of like making extrapolating some of our feelings towards his behavior, but like on the screen, yeah, I don't especially see... Chris is doing that. Yes, yeah, Chris. Chris is like full on like this guy's <laughs> building a gallow out of, in front of the uh, you know Capitol Capitol building. building? Six. But I don't think I don't think Cliff does that. waving think... a Confederate flag on yeah. a fucking top of a. Let's be honest, Cliff would have been in. He would have worn like the bear skin. He would have had the horns painted his <laughs> He's face. He's climbing God. down into the chamber. He would have been climbing the stairs of the Capitol with like a spear. I he don't would have think punctured so. the window. And that's mm, your yeah. idea. Do not agree with this. Cliff would never, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we'll come to learn, I wouldn't want to see his Reddit search history. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it, that you know, we're going to come to learn whether we feel that's true by the end of the movie. At this moment, you feel that Cliff is that uh, much of an incel, basically, uh, <laughs> in, in, at, at his core. I just think. He's, by the way, expert expertly portrayed by Bill Campbell. By Billy Campbell. Yeah. Billy yeah. Campbell. So, yeah. so I just, just to he's a puppy just, dog. He's a puppy just dog. to be clear, I, Wilmer is into BDSM and Cliff <laughs> is alt right. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Wilmer. That is yeah. Now Wilmer canon. is into BDSM. Yeah. That is now Cliff may or may not. Cliff may or may not have been on the outskirts of the Capitol. Building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> PB's a guy who stopped. PB's a guy who stopped voting like forty years ago because he just felt. Why he lost bother? hope. He lost all hope. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a PV. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he volu- Yeah, PV volunteered. And Jenny's on the light. Bobby Kennedy's Jenny, campaign, yeah. and 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 just got yeah. Bert Jenny, Jenny's yeah, the yeah. light in this world. So I, I would say though, from this scene, we have just been introduced to this the last deeply important character to this movie, which is the helmet. Mm-hmm. And this is like when Cliff puts at this moment, he does not see it as. Uh, he just thinks it's kind of like, oh my god, this is a joke. He hasn't put it on and donned this, uh, you know, this guy's. He doesn't this, know how it feels to become. He doesn't know how it feels to become a hero, and uh, yeah. I just think like this is built up so much at this point, beautifully. And I think, yeah. um, you know, k- kudos to 
the screenwriters for for doling out information slowly but never beating us over the head with it and just kind of setting up so much great information in the first 30 minutes in a way that felt authentic and organic and right now I believe it all and I just wanted to put on the goddamn helmet and start flying around I'm like oh baby he's got all the parts but we haven't seen him we haven't seen him do it yet yep hasn't all come together quite yet but it will very soon my old point You have to be willing to rewatch a movie.